Hello and welcome. On this week's episode, Arthur and I herald the return of one of our favorite podcasts, Hollywood Babylon, a podcast we might each share some small connection to. Arthur runs down the slate of 2022 movie releases and judges it wanting. Sony announces that Dakota Johnson will be Madam Webb in a new standalone film set in the Sony Spider-Verse that oddly has no Spider-Man. Of course, because it's Sony. Lastly, we discuss episode six of Peacemaker and Book of Boba Fett. Spoilers ahead as we cover why John Cena is my new favorite thing in the universe and why Boba Fett is completely off the fucking rails and nobody gives a damn. Oh my God. So join us on... Tales to admonish. This is the way. <laughs> you know, it's funny you would do that because I thought you would. <laughs> and so I've been looking up how to do like helmet sound effects. So <laughs> I might change up because I have a very standard sound effect that I use for the intro. No matter what voice you do, I throw the same effect on it so that it's consistent. But every now and again, like in the Christmas episode, I, I get to change shit up. That one I might change up, but no promises. If I don't, I'll edit this part out. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm great, man. My sweetie's here with me from Canada. And uh, we've just been having a hell of a week doing all sorts of stuff. Mini mini golf, laser tag, taxidermy, all the fun <laughs> stuff, man. It's so great. I'm not sure that taxidermy was the third thing I was going to pick out of that. Like <laughs> mini golf and taxidermy. What what? What sort of things are you taxidermying? Uh, you don't want to know, baby. Uh, well, I, squirrels stay away from your house, I guess. But that's awesome that you guys are finally getting to spend some, you know, large amount of time together and that she's now a resident yep. of Southern California. Another immigrant taking our jobs. Dirt, 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 dirt. <laughs> what is uh what does she do what's her what's her occupation well she's uh right now she's working on her writing and uh she's she's caught the acting bug so i've been helping her out with that well at least she's not fucking british <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's okay then if someone's gonna take acting jobs from hard-working americans then at least they're not fucking british god they're charming they're such charming <laughs> bastards she's african <laughs> Okay. I know you said she was from Jersey originally. She was raised out here. All right. So she's a Jersey girl as far as I'm concerned. And so I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. Jersey. And she was raised up in Jersey and Canada. You know who else is basically New Jersey's number one citizen mm -hmm. is Kevin Smith, who it is no secret <laughs> to anyone who listens to this podcast. We both really, really. Yep. Kev boy. And so um, he had a show for a long time with a guy named Ralph Garman, who started off in Philadelphia and then later moved to uh, K-Rock in Los Angeles. So anyway, uh, Hollywood Babylon recently came back from a two-year hiatus, and I had missed the first episode in December, and then I saw that there was an episode in January, and I finally got around to listening to it. And holy shit, I forgot how much I missed Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman as like a straight up scripted comedy show. Yeah, for a second. I mean, it's, it's not even scripted. He just has his guidelines. Words just guided, but like a, a structured comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, we, we, you know, if you were there from the beginning, you saw how they kind of figured all the nuts and bolts of that. Over the last couple of years, I kind of thought like 
maybe they were going to be wise to kind of quietly quit the show because it, you know, any, anything in that show could get them canceled. (laughs) Nowadays. Yeah. Well, I I thought the show had been canceled as well because Ralph has focused on his show, the Ralph report Mm -hmm. with Ralph Garman. And it's a Patreon program that spawned out of Hollywood Babylon where he does a daily show and it's a raunchy fucking show. Like that is that he is a dirty comedian Mm. and he plays dirty. And so, um, but it's nice to have that balance back with Kevin Smith in this show. And you're right. I, I was listening to this show half a decade ago when they first started out. Rachel and I went to go see them in Boston. You had mentioned that you heard the episode that Rachel and I were on because you called me up. I remember. You called me up and you were like, were you on Hollywood Babylon? <laughs> uh I remember Ralph having to like kind of get you to chill out on the pumpkins a little bit. <laughs> no, he was getting Kevin to chill out because Kevin was talking about fucking pumpkins. Oh, there you go. Uh, and so we had gone out and we I went on StubHub and I bought I bought front row seats and I sent in this letter like, hey, we're coming out to Boston because Rachel and I were scheduled to do a pumpkin show in Boston that year. And so the gist of my letter was, hey, we're coming out to Boston to do a pumpkin show. Uh, How would you get a Boston crowd on your side? And so Kevin asked, like, what the hell's a pumpkin show? So we explained to him what a pumpkin show is. And then they do a whole (laughs) bit about fucking a pumpkin. And then um, Ralph Garman makes a joke about Tom Brady. Oh, you should do a Tom Brady pumpkin and but just don't mention deflate gate and deflate gate was this whole thing where tom brady got suspended for using underinflated balls underinflated balls is fun <laughs> in its own right and so the crowd boos him mercilessly when he mentions it and kevin's like jesus christ don't talk about that here don't nobody here want to hear about that <laughs> and so um Rachel actually, in honor of like going to that did a tom brady pumpkin on her first night there Aww, it was i didn't hear times. that part Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we uh, we got to talk to them. And then we met Ralph after the show and got to talk to him a little bit. Kevin was meeting with some other fans and it was getting late and stuff. So but Ralph Garman, super cool fucking guy. But you also went to a, like a Kevin Smith thing, but then there was no Kevin Smith. No Kevin Smith. Instead of Fat Man on Batman, it was Black Man on Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Black Man on Batman. <laughs> yeah. Because you get rid of the, the white guy, you just have uh, just Mark Bernardin hosting the whole show. Mark Bernard was blacking it up on the show, actually bringing black guests on. Because <laughs> that never. I remember never there were happened. a lot of black guests on that episode. <laughs> what do you say? Did they? Uh, did they let? Did they let white people into the club to watch the show? Or was this like one of the secret black things? <laughs> no, it was cool. all the regulars are there. Like, dude, like there's so many regulars that come there. Like every show, there really are like the same hundred people buying a ticket to every single fucking show. Because uh, in the in the cantina, it's not like a huge place. It's like a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's on the strip in Hollywood. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it's it's great because it's made to look like the cantina in Star Wars. Well, you you know that you must have seen the, the live videos, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the live yeah. feeds, of course. Yeah, and it's the it's the Hollywood Cantina bar, and it exists in that nebulous space where you never say the word Star Wars. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Disney just kind of leaves you alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's gotten quite famous by this point, and um, they do the show there, Fat Man Beyond, pretty regularly. But you attended one called Black Man Beyond, which is <laughs> awesome, and they had a, a lot of black guests. And you asked a question, right? Because I remember hearing it, and I'm like that sounds like fucking Arthur. And I gave you the same damn call. 
Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was uh, the it was the Black Panther night, so I could not of miss course, that. Of course. <laughs> and it was it was fantastic, you know. And um I was asking all the artists basically a very sad question about like what was it, some of their bad exp- experiences being black writers in Hollywood. Oh Jesus Christ. You know? You're so black. <laughs> oh yeah. You're so fucking black. Jesus. <laughs> Tell me some of your horror stories about being a black writer in Hollywood so that I can commiserate with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that's what it's all about. <laughs> but it was just, it was just a great night, man. Uh, got to see some people I've never seen their face before, but yeah, to, you know, to, I, I had already been talking to Mark Bernardin on Instagram, and we would play words with friends with each other <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> that's awesome. Great guy. Saw, I've seen him, seen him at a bunch of screenings and stuff. He's a really great guy. I'm so, I'm so happy that uh, uh, Kevin gave him. Uh, platform and like I mean he's just blasting off I just hope that his uh, short film Splinter his crowdfunded movie Splinter is just badass <laughs> and he gets to just right like, right you want that to land hard oh heck yeah man like and then and then he just man what a come up <laughs> and it's you nice know? he's like oh just God, turned so 50 cool. recently and it's like now it's his time mm-hmm. to finally do the shit he wants to do and it's it's fun listening to his whole thing with uh kevin smith on batman on batman but hearing hollywood babylon again really reminded me how much i like the different programming how much i like him in a little mm-hmm. bit more of like a raunchier more adult setting because Batman on Batman mm-hmm. is great, but it's a very factually oriented geek news and commentary kind of show. It's a little dry and it's fun, mm-hmm. but Hollywood Babylon is just just dick and fart jokes for an hour. And sometimes it's fun to just <laughs> let that happen, to just enjoy a little bit. I'm not saying all the time. And even when it came back, I was like, oh, yeah, dick and fart jokes. I'm going to go back and laugh at that a little bit. But then when I listened to it, I was like, why did I wait so long? Why did I wait so long to play this episode? This is, I remember this is amazing. This is what got me driving three and a half hours up to Boston just to go to that show and meet them and talk to them and stuff. And so if anybody listens to this podcast, you will enjoy Hollywood Babylon for a little bit of like raunchy adult geek humor, which is kind of an oxymoron, but it's, it works. They make it work. And if you like something a little bit more straight ahead, a little bit, uh, uh, more family friendly than I think certainly Batman on Batman is a good catch up on the news of the week kind of show much in the same way of what we do. You know, we obviously were inspired by the two of those three of those guys, but I would be remiss if I didn't shout yeah, out. We mentioned them all the time. We do. And Arthur does unauthorized, please don't cancel us parodies of their theme music, which is done exclusively for it's a shout out <laughs> with Artie and Tom. <laughs> Trademark, Kevin Smith, secret stash. This is done in parody and in no way implies any degree of contractual or factual ownership. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to just jump out and talk about what I was listening to. And I was catching up on those two episodes and I found it to be a lot of fun. Uh, Now you were telling me, trying to catch me up on what else might be coming out this year that I wasn't thinking about. And you said it was a little disappointing, the movie slate for 2022. Well, I mean... I can't really say disappointing because, you know, we're we're trying to really crawl our way out of the pandemic and at least we have a slate. I mean, we went from the first year, 2020, like having nothing, you know, like the last movie was Sonic the Hedgehog. 
Sonic 2 in theaters 2022. <laughs> <laughs> and then then to like last year when marvel pretty much entertained us the whole year <laughs> basically it was that's all we watched all year yeah a couple of things peppered here and there so like to, to say disappointed we're getting a, a fair amount of things so a couple of things of course have been moved out of the way uh i think they're pushing back the mission impossible movie yeah but the top gun movie is coming out because that was one of the ones that got pushed back. Like, I think that movie got pushed back three years. Almost as much as Morbius, which is coming out this year, too. And and James Bond was pushed yeah, back a lot, too. Yeah, that was too. a lot. You know, of course, like, trying to dodge the pandemic. I feel I feel like there's a few movies that are, like, and, and studios that are a little, a little still scared because, like, you know, some of these movies are just not making any money <laughs> at all. Like only, only is like the Marvel stuff is making yeah, money. Yeah, basically, it's it's such a c- insane contrast. <laughs> you know? This is like in pandemic, Spider Man is making like about to beat uh, Avatar <laughs> in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then, and then uh, I, I hate to laugh, but it's just, it well, is it's just funny. funny when you look at somebody like Christopher <laughs> Nolan. That's like this movie. Uh, what was the movie where shit goes backwards? <laughs> Oh yeah, it was um uh, Tenant, Tenant. This movie Tenant is going to save cinema and the the entire world was like yawn. Yo, you got any Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Nolan's like god damn it. Fucking give, yawn. Just, just give him Spider-Man then fuck me. Uh, <laughs> yawn. yawn. You're like, "Oh wait, this is cuz the stuff the bullet went into the gun instead of coming out of the gun. That's different, I guess." Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't care that trailer. Just give him Spider Man. Fuck. Yeah. Um. So, what was your word on Moonfall? Well, Moonfall just nobody. It's not well regarded. It's got a poor Rotten Tomato score. It came out February fourth, and it's basically about the moon crashing into the Earth and how do we stop it? And if it ain't time travel, nobody gives a fuck. I guess. But 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 here's the thing about that. Like you know, like we we know the type of movies we always get from from um. January to March, you know, this is like one of those perfect January to March movies, like pre-pandemic dumping ground. <laughs> this has to be reshuffled around like that needs to just have like a Netflix release or yeah. something like that, you know, um, people, I, I feel like people are still late to the party and understanding like, like how this, the, the sea change when it comes down to all of this stuff. Well, a lot of traditional rules of when you release what movies started getting thrown out the window when Marvel was doing a billion dollars in October. Yeah. Suddenly all the old rules were gone. Oh, yeah. But we are getting the Batman this year. You can't, gotta love that. We're getting Thor, Love and Thunder this year. So, fuck, those are going to be good. Yeah, we got got Uncharted coming out in February. We're going to see what Tom Holland can do. With his video game franchise. When he's not Spider-Man, I mean, um, is it is it the Spider-Man trap where I'm watching Uncharted? And I'm just like, good job, Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the, I mean, uh, some of the other movies released during the pandemic, too. He did that movie with uh, R- uh, Daisy. Ridley. Daisy Ridley, is her name? Yeah, Daisy Ridley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. see that either, but. It was it was okay, but I don't think it, like, blew the doors off. No, but Uncharted, time. obviously, is going to be a much bigger movie. yeah. So we also have Sneakerella. Sneakerella. <laughs> that's coming out. Like a guy, Cinderella, basically. Oh, that's I thought that that was uh, Spinderella's cousin from Florida. <laughs> that's a salt and pepper joke. For those of you who didn't get it, Spinderella. Ba, ba, da, ba, ba. 
Everybody forgets about Spinderella, but don't sleep on Spinderella. She was as much a part of the band as Salt and or Peppa. (laughs) Spinderella was the pretty one out of all three of them. They all did just fine. But anyway, Um, I'm sorry not to get off on a a fucking 90s R&B tangent. Please continue. (laughs) Oh, Batman. We got Batman, of course. We already mentioned Batman. That's That's March 4th. And, you know, like... The, they they keep releasing trailers. They're focusing on Catwoman now on those mm-hmm. trailers. She looks great. Oh yeah, she's 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 fantastic. I love their British accent and the creatures Harry Potter creatures movie. <laughs> nice <laughs> creatures. creatures movie. Uh, Mor- Morbius is April first. That's funny. But um, um <laughs> tip your waitress. Silent <laughs> Hedgehog April eighth. Uh, Fantastic Beasts, not Creatures, <laughs> coming out in a- April. That's as like well. the third Fantastic Beasts, um, right? Yeah, and they, they, it's, it's Sans Johnny Depp, which was a huge mistake. Well, I guess it depends on who you ask. I mean, that thing's problematic in ways beyond Johnny Depp, but still. Oh, then uh, that that chick was lying her butt oh. off, man. And like, and he's 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 innocent. I'm man. not. I'm not doing this. Go down the movie line. Johnny Depp and fucking Amber Heard <laughs> and Aquaman and all of that. Aquaman coming out this year, 2022 as well, right? We got the Nicolas Cage, the the unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage's like vanity. Nicolas Cage <laughs> is a force of nature. Don't try to understand Nicolas Cage. You just hold on to your fucking britches and you pray that you make it through the experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, dude, I love Nicolas Cage, man. My, my favorite movie is Adaptation from him. So great. No, but, I was going to say, Nicolas Cage, is, I thought, was a great Ghost Rider. I was so into it. Ghost Rider 1 and 2 oh, with Nicolas shit. Cage. Don't even, don't even fuck with me on it. They are their own thing. Don't even come at me with that shit. They are their own thing. They are both eminently very watchable, and his lunacy is perfectly placed in that comic book universe. Don't cover Nicolas Cage. He's awesome. Uh, his wig wasn't perfectly placed. All right, so Shit. we got the DC. Damn, that's cold. Why you gonna come at a brother like that? <laughs> I had to get that one. <laughs> Fair we enough. We got DC DC League of Super Pets uh, with uh, the Rock and uh, oh, I was Hart. off my radar. Good. Uh, and and the the counter the counter programming to that is Dalton Abbey: A New Era. <laughs> oh yeah, you love that British shit. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Uh, Bob's Burger movie. A Bob's Burger movie. I'm all for that. That sounds cool. Oh yeah, that's coming out with Top Gun in May. <laughs> like they feel like obviously, what's the pairing? I mean, the two big movies in May. You got Top Gun, Maverick. Oh yeah, and uh, 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 Bob's Burgers. I mean, the two powerhouses of the month. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did I miss Doctor Strange? I thought that was coming out in March. That wasn't pushed back. Yeah, yeah, it? it's coming out. Uh, it's coming out into May. Oh, well, it seems like I missed it. Where's it at? I don't see it. Or so, I thought it was end of May. I don't list. know. Maybe it got moved around. Oh, I oh, I see it. No, it's May 6th. There you go. All right. And so um Jurassic Park is coming out. It has it has like the the original 3 coming back for that. Well, they got to do something to mop that so up. So we'll we'll see what a, what effect that will have on the movie. We have the Boz Lerman Elvis movie. Yep, don't care. You what? Boz Lerman? Uh, no, Bruce Campbell is in fact my forever Elvis. So uh, that's uh, that's oh, that's okay. a cross I'm willing to All die right. on. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> but Bohotep for life, son. Okay. When when I'm super excited for 
Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. By Taika Waititi. Oh, my God. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. Oh, Lord. And uh, Black Adam is basically ending out that summer. And uh, the da- the David Forrest Green um, Halloween Ends movie is going to be out, like, at the end of October. Not the end of October, but in October. Oh, Halloween Ends. Yep. Uh, apparently, Flash is coming out in November. And there's no trailers for it. <laughs> Pinocchio. Is November. Nah, nightmare fuel. No thanks. Uh, uh, <laughs> Black Panther, <laughs> Wakanda Forever, uh, November. I'll believe that when I see it. I guarantee I'm calling it now that gets pushed to 2023. Yeah, let's see if that actually comes out. Create, you know, uh, along with that, you got Creed 3 in November. Oh, that'll be good. And Avatar 2, December 16th. That's another one I'll believe when I see. And Aquaman <laughs> in December 16th. <laughs> we haven't seen any like footage for. <laughs> yeah, that one I think actually will come out on time. We'll see. We got we got uh, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, I don't know too much about that. That's the animated one with Chris Pratt as the voice of Mario, which is an interesting mm-hmm. choice. But everybody loves him. He's fucking charming as hell. So why not? Just if he's running around doing Chris Pratt as like it's a Mario, then uh, yeah, don't do that. Don't don't do that. But <laughs> so here's the here's all the ones to be announced: Jeepers Creepers, Orphan, First Kill. Sesame Street, Cocaine Bear, <laughs> Deep Water, Man and Witch, Clerks 3, uh, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, the ones of note. And that's basically the list right there. All right, so there you go. We have the rundown of movies in 2022. Yeah, man. Uh, some uh, of them I'm, sound interesting. And I'm happy. I'm, some of them don't. I'm just happy we're getting a little bit more normalcy in Hollywood. You know, uh, there's still a lot of restrictions and and here and that and the delays, but is is coming back. Well, that's good stuff. Have you heard that Sony has announced its very next Spider project? Of course, that's what they've been doing for the last ten years, announcing stuff. Then things won't come out. It's an interesting pick because what they have announced is a standalone Madam Web movie. Of course, and. So I know a lot of people are going like, who the heck is Madam Web, you know? And uh, so basically, Madam Web is a modern iteration of Spider-Woman 2. So ha- hang on to your hats. This is coming. <laughs> so most of us who are of the same, you know, you know, 30s, 40, early 40s uh, kind of age group remember the Spider-Man cartoon from the early 90s. And in that cartoon, Madam Web was like uh, a, an elderly woman who was strapped into a chair that was connected to this web, and she was blind and psychic clairvoyant. Yeah, she looked like in Aunt the May. modern iteration. She, she did look like Aunt May a little bit. It's true. Um, and in the modern iteration, uh, during the um, modern Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon series, they reinvented the character as an agent of Shield who had clairvoyant powers. So no longer was she sort of geriatric and no longer was she bound to a chair or bound to the the web, so to speak. And they made that transition in the comics in uh, right around, I guess it had to be 2010, where they had the old lady Madam Web die and transfer her powers into Spider-Woman, who at that time was a character called Julia Carpenter. Julia Carpenter being the second Spider-Woman after Jessica Drew, who is basically what everyone knows as Spider-Woman. 
uh, Carpenter, Carpenter had like reddish hair and the the black costume, right? What you're remembering, um, Julia Carpenter, yes. She's introduced in Secret Wars in 1984, and then she goes back and forth between being a blonde and being a redhead. But another redhead in a Spider-Man comic, you get him confused with Mary Jane. Um, she sometimes, early in the 80s, she was depicted as blonde, and then later on, she's a redhead. This is getting really bent. <laughs> but anyway, yes, Julia Carpenter was Spider-Woman, and she used to traditionally wear... Uh, the black and white version of the spider suit. She was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was something of a spy. Mm -hmm. And that was traditionally the way her character was used. During the Civil War storyline with Marvel, she became part of the mutant apprehension team working with S.H.I.E.L.D. to capture superheroes that wouldn't register. But then later on, she was found to be a double agent. Comic book, comic book, comic book. She ends up with Spider-Man when Madam Web is killed and she gets Madam Web's Madam Web's <laughs> Web's powers. <laughs> so in any event, Sony has announced that this is the next character that's going to get a live action iteration and Dakota Johnson has been named as the lead. Yeah. So what do you think of this? I mean, we're getting another Spider-Woman in a Spider-Verse that lacks a Spider-Man. Oh, uh, I just want to see who the the team is that's making it. I mean, that's that's the only thing you can like be excited for, because otherwise it's it's just Sony just trying to hold on to their Spider-Man stuff, and it it it's, it, it kind of gets a n- little nauseating to me. Well, I see. I see it a little differently. I don't know that they need to quote unquote hold on to their Spider-Man stuff. They're making Venom movies. Their Morbius will come out eventually. Craven the Hunter is in development. All of those things are sort of happening. It's just interesting that they skip over. Miles Morales, Spider-Gwen, um, any number of characters. Jessica Drew for a live-action debut. Now, Jessica Drew is going to be played by uh, Issa Rae in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. And so they do count those movies as canonical, I believe. So they are show they are going to show us Spider-Woman, OG Jessica Drew Spider-Woman first, but it feels like quite a leap to land on Madam Web before so many other notable characters. Yeah, I think they're being a little bit smart to come out with Miles with when you have this cartoon and not wanting to like fuck it up. They're going to just do another character that's a little bit more manageable and can totally cue into the Spider-Universe stuff. It's true. If they're meshing those two universes together to have a character that's also canonically an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. probably fits pretty nicely. Yeah, because Spider-Gwen came out of like specific storylines. You know, they already messed up with Venom. You don't know that. You don't know that. You haven't even seen those movies. You shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Venom 1 or 2? Hell no. Then you don't get to have an opinion. Moving on. Nope. They've messed up with Morbius in that we still, three years later, have not seen it. But you don't know uh, shit there's, about There's, there's a reason. Like, you could read between the lines, bro. My thing is, is that it makes for a crazy jump without Spider-Man. If you are announcing a Madam Web movie, then you have to, some point prior to that, give us a Spider-Man. And I don't want a Madam Web movie without a Spider-Man in it. Oh, but it was fine to have Venom. It was was fine to have Venom without Spider-Man. Oh, that's great. That's great. Venom is a much stronger, more fleshed out, more well-developed character. You shut up now, Tom. You're like, you hypocrite. 
You haven't seen the movie. You haven't even seen the movie. Until you have seen the movie, you don't get to get an Boo. opinion. And Carnage is way funnier than it had any business being. Yeah, because it's a big joke. Venom is a perfectly fine popcorn movie. Stop. Nope. Nope. I fundamentally reject your ignorance. On, on nope. You don't know shit. Anyway. You don't know. You ain't anyway, seen it. So, like I said, more, so, more, yes. more of this cash grab stuff with Sony without really, you know, try to really build a good story. They got super lucky, super lucky with um, Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> That's kind of true. They had, they had really great, great team. And it's just like, might as well just get let that team make everything else because, you know, otherwise it's just going to be, I mean, we, you can see it already, like the quality teetering here and there off of these properties and it all started back when they were like they thought it was a good idea we should do a sinister sinister six movie yeah <laughs> they got drew goddard on there and he's like he's a legitimate like great um storyteller but then they came to their senses and they were like yo we gotta have a craven the hunter movie first we gotta have these other movies first oh my god they're still doing the same directive with with these characters that don't really need like their own movies well, I'm thinking that a Madam Web movie foretells a Sony Spider-Man because the whole point of Madam Web is that she can see the Spider-Verse. Hence, that's the reason she can see the future is all right. because all of the Spider-Man across all the Spider-Verse are linked and she can see that linkage. That's her canon in, in the comic books. So none of that makes any sense absent a spider. Oh. Carnage is a big old goo monster that punches things and eats people's brains. I can do without Spider-Man in that. Look. But a character whose superpower is to see the Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse needs Spider-Man. Get me out of this web. I feel like it web. really kind of does. Get me out of this web. Let's move on. Ah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Let's move on to, to Peacemaker. Yay. Something we can all really enjoy. Yay. The sleeper, the sleeper hit. <laughs> oh, my God. The sleeper hit. <laughs> John Cena is charming as fuck. This episode is great. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, man. So uh, right off the bat, spoilers, of course. Because we were nice two episodes ago and we got you presumably on the Peacemaker train where you're now watching the show and you understand the joy and the love that is John Cena. But if you haven't, we're, we're, we press on without you, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's, run, let's run through the episode a little bit. Yeah. Right from the get-go, we open up on Daniel Brooks, uh, you know, basically finding out that their boss is an alien and she has to she has to have the word by Harcourt that you know he he can basically be trusted. Mm -hmm. I mean, we still we still don't really know what what the big deal is with that. But so, so far, the the secrets out. You know, we we knew about this of course the week before because he was eating that like nasty you know yellow goo or whatever the crap that was. <laughs> right, he was eating the alien food. Yeah. So so now like we we went from the team working like a well-oiled machine to the descent happening and, you know, people being left in the dark, uh, Daniel Brooks character screwing over uh peacemaker. Mm -hmm. Like for some, for some reason, Waller wants him to take a fall for something after he was loyal to her. Well, when this whole thing is over, they're going to have a lot of dead politicians and public figures and stuff. And rather than say, 
it was a covert op to kill aliens. It was Peacemaker went crazy and went on a killing spree. <laughs> Perfect cover. Everyone will believe Ooh, it. She's nasty as hell, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mom has always been nasty. And so now we, we have Peacemaker's father out of prison after he, he basically proved his innocence. And like our one good cop <laughs> throughout the whole thing, uh, completely just having her her the insides of her brains fucking scissored. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so graphic that the whole thing that happens for them to like live in these people's heads. There's a lot. And it was so much of it. This episode. When I watched that, I said to Rachel after the episode was over, I was like, oh, man, watching that alien fly into her face was like watching her get shot in the head yeah. because they make such a point to explain earlier, like the alien that lives in Mr. Mern's head. He's like, I'm sorry. I had to kill this person. I destroyed this. I destroyed that. They are definitely dead, but I can read some of their old memories. Like he shows a lot of reverence for the human body that he resides in. And so when you see that alien hit her, there's no questioning what just happened. She's fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, she's gone. That was that was a funny sequence. Um, a peacemaker and vigilante trying to hide from that. He's and vigilante is such. I don't know. Sometimes they go a little too far with that character. How stupid he is. I was just, I, <laughs> you read my mind. You read my mind. Like he's almost too stupid sometimes. Yeah. Like I get that he's socially awkward and he doesn't get social cues, but like just the basic just the basic failure to comprehend english words yeah. is too much sometimes i think he leaned in a little hard this episode you and i agree on that yeah it, it happens every now and then he's mostly a really fun time but then every now and then oh, it's just yeah. like what what are y'all doing <laughs> <laughs> it's so true yeah uh what, what else happened in the episode um, it's getting a little foggy now that i've only seen it once like a while ago <laughs> Well, we find out that they refer to the creatures that are making this food as cows. So now that they have disrupted the transportation operation for the finalized product, it's clear that they're synthesizing some material into food. Mm -hmm. And so Mr. Mern is sending them on the hunt for a quote-unquote cow. Mm -hmm. And after what James Gunn did with Suicide Squad, I would be surprised if there wasn't some fucking weird alien thing waiting for us in the next episode (laughs) when they find it. Oh, man. But yeah, they're looking for it. And And then Captain Locke, oh my God, like what the fuck is with that guy? where he, in the previous episode, shoots those people. I was certain that he was an alien working with the other people, but apparently he's just some kind of fucking sociopath that somehow found himself to be the captain of police, enough that he was able to replace a dude, and then, but then he doesn't know how to cop right, so then Rachel had theorized that he was a hitman who forged his credentials as a police captain, and then killed the actual police captain. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Mern, given everything that happened, the most reasonable. Thing. Uh, yeah, the, I thought he was a like one of Mern's old associates, right? But then, like Detective Song comes in and she sees him at the desk, and he's like, "Yeah, so and so's been transferred, and I'm the replacement." And it's like, there, you know how much paperwork there would be? Do you know like like how much oversight there would be for this kind of a? high-level managerial change at a at a police force. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought Waller just took care of that. Well, I don't know if they got Waller involved, but um, but yeah, I mean, I guess even economos could likely do yeah. it. 
But it just, I thought he was calling in a favor from a cop he knew. Okay. But then this guy's like really bad at, at police officering. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I I wish, I wish they didn't like, you know, screw up his brain as, as and make him into an alien character. You know, I, I guess, I guess he'll keep that same personality though with that, with that alien inside of him. Oh no! I think he's cannon fodder from this point out. He served his purpose, and his post-credit scene yeah. was fucking hysterical. I know. That's why I wanted him to stay around like that. That guy, Christopher Christopher Hairdall, plays Captain Locke, and he has like this crazy rubber face, and he does this maniacal little post-credit. It was amazing, an amazing little bit of yeah. acting where he's like, "You're sad. You're sad. What is sad? What is sad?" <laughs> And then he's laughing at himself, acting sad. He was, <laughs> he was great. And, um, yeah, but then the big part at the very end, which was uh, John Cena, a.k.a. Christopher Smith, a.k.a. Peacemaker, sitting down at a piano and playing Home Sweet Home. Mm-hmm. What an amazingly cool fucking moment. And I got to say, I, I looked over at Rachel, what was going on? I was like, I call bullshit. Yeah. She goes, what do you mean you call bullshit? You can't call bullshit. He's just playing a song on the piano. And I was like, no, 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 wait a minute. He has been trained as a living weapon from the time he was born. He was made to stab a man to death when he was like 11. So there is no way that his dad lets him practice on the piano. And he basically has been in prison for an unknown amount of time where there's no piano. Like, there is no way that Christopher Smith Peacemaker knows how to play the piano. There just isn't. I don't see where he finds the time. So I looked at her, I said, the only way I accept this is if John Cena himself knows how to play the piano, and this is just James Gunn letting his friend flex a little bit. And so I looked it up, and sure enough, that is John Cena playing the whole song through that scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I looked that up, I started getting down the rabbit hole of like who John Cena is. And I'm declaring publicly now that I am starting the temple of John Cena. Oh, nice. And anybody who wants to join up with me and, and, and give praise to the perfect human specimen that is John Cena knows not a religion because John Cena would not condone blasphemy. He's that good. And so we are just, we are at the temple of John Cena. But check out some shit about John Cena. Number one, he is the number one individual wish grantor in Make-A-Wish history. He has granted over 650 wishes for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Wow. I mean, that makes sense. It blows every other person out of the water, the amount of work he does with them. Yeah, I remember, I remember he was doing that way back in his wrestling, wrestling days, though. Oh, forever he's been doing yeah. it. For absolute ever he's been doing it. That's why he's number one. Mm-hmm. And so um, 650, you think about it, even that's one a day. That's two years of my dude's life. Every single day doing Make-A-Wish. That's nuts. Even if he spread that out over 10 years, that's 20% of his life. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's fucking crazy when you consider that number. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so number one, number two, my dude speaks Mandarin. <laughs> he he was in China. He filmed the movie with Jackie Chan that um, is not released in the United States and is sort of a tortured thing. I can't remember the title of it, but he lived over there for half a year. Um, 
the WWE had a language program where if you would study a foreign language, the WWE would provide you a tutor. And John Cena is the number one utilizer of that program to learn Mandarin. Now, it's good for the WWE because they can spread their sport into foreign markets if their stars can speak other languages. Mm -hmm. And it's good for the individual because somebody's going to pay for them to get private language lessons. And so... John Cena threw himself into the Mandarin language and now, as he says, speaks about as well as a third grader, but speaks well enough that I was pretty damn impressed, Mm. Uh, plays the piano. He wrote a number of children's books under the, um, the, the series Elbow Grease, which is about a monster truck that is not the best monster truck, but it does its best. Wow. I mean, it goes on and on. And so the the story behind the bit in the show is that James Gunn's dog was dying. And so he flew home last minute to be there before his pet passed away. And John Cena accompanied him to the airport. And while they were waiting for the flight, John Cena sat down. You know how at the airport sometimes they just have the piano out? Wow. And he started playing this slow rendition of Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. Wow. And um, James Gunn said that he was completely moved by it and just had to find a place to work it in somewhere and that this is where he got to have that moment again in something that he made. Wow. And so... It adds all new context to that that ending. And really just, if you aren't just, I just, just completely in love with John Cena by this point, then you have no heart. Because <laughs> the man, I mean, look at him. He is a perfect physical specimen. He's brilliant, speaks multiple languages, plays musical instruments, and has done more Make-A-Wish work than any celebrity in history. Where would you make improvement? <laughs> so... Just hold out, John, man. Don't get caught up in this Me Too shit. Please, please. I can't. My heart can't take it. Stay good. I want to hear about you crossing old ladies. He can't even get caught up in Me Too. He's too busy at Make-A-Wish. Mm-hmm. So that's why That's why just getting into Peacemaker brought me down a rabbit hole. I never thought I'd go down. I wasn't a wrestling fan. I'm not a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. but I'm a fucking John Cena fan. That's for goddamn sure. Well said, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I've been I I I wasn't the biggest fan of John Cena because I thought he like had Android face, and <laughs> like for the long- he's got a crazy face. Yeah. Yes, he does have it. And then like I mean, a lot of his he early mugs, acting, like nobody mugged. A lot of his early acting was just like horrendous. But like, I I mean, he he's really doing the, doing the, the deal like in this show, like he's doing the work he's learned. He's learning the craft. Yeah. I mean, he, like he had some of the funniest line deliveries in the trailer for suicide squad. And, you know, he, he made, he was like one of the main reasons to see the movie. Cause he was just hilarious. He is dead hysterical in blockers. Oh, yeah. He's hysterical in blockers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just, he's the whole package. He's the whole package. I, I'm a proud heterosexual man, but if John Cena's calling on the phone, you know, I'm I might I might take that call. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> He's he is an amazing specimen of of the human species. And I, I only want to see more stuff. I want to see Peacemaker season two. And I'm gonna go watch Fa- uh, Fast and Furious Nine now. I had no interest in anything fast and or furious. And now I want to see that shit. Um, okay. 
I, I don't, I don't want to, I want to keep the energy going on this thing and not say anything about it. <laughs> don't you bring up past <laughs> I'm just saying John Cena's delightful. I just want to watch him do things. I just want to just, okay. I want to watch him eat his breakfast. I don't know. I just want to stare into those eyes and watch him knit me a sweater. I, I have no idea. While he speaks Mandarin and plays the piano, I realize that's not enough hands, but that's why fantasy is unreal. Anyway. The only thing better than family is to take your car into space. <laughs> Christ almighty. That's all you got to say about that latest Fast and Furious. <laughs> I mean, I saw the one with uh, Little Bow. I'm sorry, Bow Wow. Don't want to disrespect him. He's a grown ass <laughs> man now. But I saw that one with the kids in Japan. 20 years Tokyo, ago. Tokyo Drifting. <laughs> Um, but that was the last thing I ever saw. Years I saw ago. the first one. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not, I'm not, I am not fast and or furious. I'm fine. I'm just, uh, we're good over here. I don't need the car movie. I'm not a car guy. Mm-hmm. That's that, yo, I'm not, I'm not shit talking them. Those movies make a lot of money and make a lot of people happy. Mm-hmm. They're just not designed for me. Yeah, I hear you. That's all. Yeah. Now, what is designed for me though, is some fucking straight up. Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. I am back. Yeah. Now, now hold on. Before we start, before we start, I want to get this out of the way. Uh-oh. All right? Uh-oh. The complaint that I have made every episode, <laughs> the last two episodes of this, still <laughs> fucking stands. Again, a cameo. He has a cameo in his own Jesus show. Jesus Christ. Boba Fett is not in the Boba Fett show. Lord. That said, I don't fucking care. I don't care. Y'all gave me... Baby Grogu and Luke Skywalker doing Yoda shit and Jedi training and Mandalorian and emotional moments with fucking Rosario Dawson. These are all things that I want. (laughs) So I'm not going to beat the dead horse of the book of Boba Fett not featuring Boba Fett. We actually do move that storyline forward a little bit miraculously. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point if we even remember to between all the fucking awesome that we saw. But but I uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that yet again, no Boba Fett in the Boba Fett show. That said, we called it. It's our man. It's our little dude back again mm-hmm. doing Jedi training. Did your fucking heart melt or did your heart melt, Arthur? No, I was, I was floored by the whole experience. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm always down for um, uh, technology innovations in Hollywood, and you know, I love, like, I love witnessing milestone moments, and just watch, like, the way they set up the scene, just from like. The way the way Darren is set up there with with R two D two, with these like like really c- kind of sublime ant droids, <laughs> and they they set up a bench and a pillow pillow for him leap pillow. Uh huh. Because you know he's gonna be waiting a while. You know. Yeah, and it's just it's just just such a peaceful, serene intro to this really awesome thing, and so they they hire this guy. You know, when, when, you know, because of course the infamous episode for Mandalorian came out when no one expected it to be Luke Skywalker. Right, right, right. Um, and if, even for what it was, even though it wasn't like supremely polished, it was still so, so impressive. Even though um, we've seen a lot better stuff online, you know, Disney put their money where their mouth was and hired like this guy that, you know, basically took their scene uh, and on his YouTube channel, 
made it look better. Like so they, they fixed it, yeah. So this guy named Shamuk, they hired him, mm-hmm. and look at the magic that they were able to accomplish on this show. Oh, I mean, Luke's face looks amazing, and they're able to bump up all the lighting. That was a big part of it, is that there was a lot of shadow and a lot of darkness and a lot of the hood to hide the VFX of Luke's face. And this guy went in, and he brightened those scenes up, and he fixed and he corrected the VFX on the face, and now... We're getting Luke Skywalker sitting in broad daylight, and it looks a hundred times and better. It was the confidence, the confidence they had to be able to just have most of that episode be him, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like, you know, they they traded up with times where you know you didn't see him talking, but they had plenty of like straight up shots to show you, like, look what we could do, motherfuckers. Look at we, what we can do. We're like changing, changing the whole game. It's so weird to see that p- people still complaining about it. People will complain about literally everything. A lot of people want Sebastian Sand to play him, and I, I would, I wouldn't mind that choice and stuff. But if, yeah, that'd be cool. But like, if you could do this, why not do this? Like, this is great. <laughs> if they're doing, they're finally doing it right. <laughs> Either is fine. Either is fine. I love this. I think it's fine to do this while people are still alive. I think once they're dead, unless you've signed a contract while they were alive, it would be a little morbid. But um, I like it. I like it. If Luke is down and if the actor who's playing his body double is down, Luke, (laughs) if Mark Hamill is down and the body double actor is down, then great. Go for it because it looks so good. And we get classic young Luke doing backflips with a freaking Yoda on his back. Yeah, man. If you can give me that, I don't care how you make it. Make a deal with Mephisto if that's how you got to get me some shit like that. Yeah, all in all, just magical experience. And then, of course, my favorite character of all time in Star Wars, Ashoka Tano, just comes out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, thank you. Another Ahsoka appearance. Mm-hmm. That was like my, my favorite part of the year when she made her appearance on The Mandalorian. I was so happy. Oh, yeah. Because I was waiting for her to be in a movie for so long. They teased, they teased her in the, the last uh, Star Wars uh, trilogy, and then you just wind up hearing mm-hmm. hearing the voice of the voice actress. Yeah. Near the yep. end of the movie where when all of the Jedis were doing their Jedi whisper power. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, we are all the Jedi. Oh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh just, just so uh. great to see that. It's cool to to see Grogu have to go through a dilemma. Oh my god, when he was re- reaching his hand out to to the the the, the uh, Mandalorian when he was like leaving, oh my god, man, that was so freaking cute. Oh, there's nothing like Grogu's little face. Heartbreaking. <laughs> oh man, they nailed it. Whoever finalized the design on that fucking puppet gets all the money. All the money. Back up the Brinks truck, give him all the money because the design on this thing is perfect. It's so expressive, and you really. It's so difficult because he does not talk mm-hmm. to make sure that we know what he feels. And we always know exactly how Grogu feels. Mm-hmm. And that is really such a strength of the design. Yeah. It's so cool that he gets to have Yoda's lightsaber. <laughs> well, that remains to be seen. You know, that's where the episode ends is that we get the dilemma, which is, you have the the Mandalorian Beskar chainmail shirt, or you have Yoda's lightsaber, and and Luke is making him choose. Either you will be a Mandalorian or you will be a Jedi, but you cannot be both. And I 
think that this is going to be a choice that um, that Grogu will handle in in stride. He's going to he's clearly going to pick to be a Mandalorian, I believe, and I have a lot to base that on. But since this is in the middle of a timeline and we know both ends of it, it's pretty reasonable to assume at this point he's going to be a Mandalorian because they didn't put that little bubble on fucking Mando's spaceship for nothing. That little guy's riding in that fucking bubble or it's it's curtains for the whole show. So <laughs> he's going with them. But I'm calling my shot. I say he chooses the chainmail and steals the lightsaber. Yeah. If he doesn't steal the lightsaber, Luke Skywalker gives the lightsaber to Mando and says, when he's ready, this is for him. I think it's, it's one of those two know. things. It seems too easy. I like I like the the idea of him stealing, you know, but because he but is a for, little devious. Yeah, I mean, he damn near created, uh, damn near committed a genocide on those frog people. That's not really doing much for Luke's character. <laughs> for Luke's character, for him to just be like, oh, here you go, you know. Well, but here's the thing: we don't really know Luke's character at this point. We know him. As you know, as he is at the end of Jedi, and we know him as he is when we see him in the modern trilogy, but like where he is in his growth and obtaining his maturity and the wisdom that he'll ultimately display, we can't quite be sure where he is. And I think this is a sign of Luke screwing up, of making the classic Jedi mistake of you must choose this or this, no attachments, no this, no that. I don't think that this is anything that Luke, once we see him in his modern iteration, would at all support. So I I think that we're seeing a Luke that's in transition, that's in flux. So I'm not sure I know his character. Mm-hmm. But I do know, I do know that canonically, Grogu is not the first student at the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. The very first student at the Jedi Temple is Ben Solo, is Kylo Ren. Mm, that doesn't seem right. Well, when the Star Wars universe was purchased by the Disney Corporation, they announced that all previous comic books and books were no longer canonical, that they were now creating the new canon. And so all of those became what was known, part of what was known as the Legends universe. And so when they reintroduced the new canon, they produced a lot of comic books. They're still producing them to this day. And one of them was a Kylo Ren miniseries uh, called The Rise of Kylo Ren. And this miniseries very clearly chronicles the beginnings with Luke and Kylo Ren states, I was the very first of the new Jedi school, but soon there were many more. Mm -hmm. And so... Marvel has said that that's canonical, and I don't think that Kylo Ren is being an unreliable narrator there. So if we know that that's the case, then we know that Grogu is going off with Mando. Plus, the show is called The Fucking Mandalorian, man. (laughs) That's where he's going. He's going off with The Mandalorian to have fucking adorable little space adventures, and I'm fucking here for it. Yeah, um, I'm just happy. I'm I'm really excited for... um, Well, it's actually going to air tonight. So... Um, at midnight. Uh, oh, thank goodness for uh, Tuesday night <laughs> when they they, they release. <laughs> That's all three a.m. my time, and I'm not down. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that shit tomorrow night. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. So oh, and in advancing the story, let's just I know lest we forget. Um, back on Moss Eisley, 
Uh, we have the sanctuary cantina bombing. Mm-hmm. We have that sort of neutral zone where all the different factions can do business gets bombed by the carp syndicate and the carp syndicate sends uh clone wars favorite cad bane to assassinate our man timothy oliphant aka Cobb vamp so cad bane is that blue alien with the life support system oh, yeah. on him and the bright red eyes he first shows up in clone wars and then later in rebels yeah i knew i knew it was him immediately but he's badass oh yeah yeah, I hate that. I had they had. I hate that they had to kill Jennifer Beals. She was looking so hot as like one of those aliens, man. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but Cad Bane, like you know, I, I don't. Did you watch the the whole Clone War series? Not the whole thing. There were a lot of fucking episodes oh, yeah. of that. It was great, but I did see a bunch of it. Well, he's one of the best villains there. Him, him, yep, him, yep. and Thrawn are some of the best villains. Um, uh, also. Well, and I think, you know, in the Osaka series, or sorry, in the uh, uh, Ahsoka series, she's going after Thrawn, right? Yeah, well, I think they were giving Thrawn his own series as well. We'll, we'll see. Oh, geez, there's so much going on. Who can keep track of it anymore? Well, Thrawn has his own no- novel, too. Is it still canon? Uh, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, um, it was good on them to how they transitioned from, transitioned him from uh, the show because they they definitely made him look way more menacing in in live action. Oh, his eyes look so good. The yeah. amount of contrast they got between the red eyes and the blue skin and the black life support like this dude pops on screen all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he looks fantastic. I think that Timothy Oliphant is still alive. Oh, yeah. Uh, that deputy just, just is definitely hit. fucking dead. Oh, yeah. You know, basically, it was like a warning shot to to Timothy. Uh, Tim, uh, what's his, what's his character's name again? Uh, Cobb Vance. Cobb, Cobb Vance. Yes, right. Yeah. I mean, he just he got shot like in his right shoulder, basically. Yeah, he got clipped in the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so they advanced the story a little bit. Now we got the outer, uh, the outer whatever they call them, regions or zones or whatever, uh, they originally don't want to get involved in all of this mob conflict. And Boba comes out to explain to them that, hey, like when the syndicate takes over all of Mos Eisley and and, and the surrounding area, they're coming for you next. No, and it no. looks like the syndicate is going to wait that long. No, it's House Atreides is going to come with like with their current run of spice. You know, so that <laughs> that's the wrong movie. <laughs> Rachel was funny though, because she was like, Spice, is that like drugs? And I'm like, Yeah. And she goes, Is like Dune? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a rule, all space movies have to call space drugs spice. Yeah, man. You got spice in space, you know. <laughs> oh my god it's just so funny she was like and that's drugs and i'm like yeah that's drugs and she's like like in dune I'm like yeah kind of are you more or less yes yeah, house tra- house of tradies man they gotta come in gotta get there get collect you know well i heard somewhere that uh that the name arthur is also a killing word uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> I'm going to get some weird clairvoyant child over here to menace you. <laughs> what a weird fucking movie. Yeah. 
Now, if uh, some people take your name as something other than a killing word and they want to lay some fucking fame on it, where are they going to find you? www.arthurromeo.live <laughs> Not dead. Live. You can also see me on my uh, YouTube channel, Draw Really Awesome Wow. I'm, I'm about to start doing some VR painting on, on the channel. So that's going to be fun. Uh, you can also follow that on Instagram, Draw Really Awesome Wow, all underscored. What about you, good sir? Well, when I'm not watching you paint 2D in a 3D with a 2D world, I am on Instagram at thomas.olton, spelled O-L-T-O-N. Or you can check out our Instagram at tales underscore two underscore And if you would, please go online and give us a rate and review. It helps other people find the podcast. And if you had a good time, tell your friends about it. And until next time, you can find us on... Is there going to be like a witch at the end or something? <laughs> no. uh, waiting for somebody to yell rawhide? I, I <laughs> no, that's the theme for Boba Fett. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.